I'm going to talk about a huge move in the right direction that could protect a lot of people. The federal government has introduced legislation to add that non-consensual sharing of intimate images and extortion are now on the list of offenses that could land someone on the National Sex Offender Registry list. We're going to break down exactly what this means and why this is such a good move moving forward with our guest, who is an Associate Professor of Sociology and Canada's Research Chair in Inequality and Gender at Western University. Caitlin Mendez is joining the show. Caitlin, thanks so much for making the time. Really appreciate it. Hi, thanks for having me. I want to just break this down a little bit because I think that this could have a really profound impact on people not being victimized. But what are the parameters? We know that non-consensual sharing of intimate images could land someone on the National Sex Offender Registry list. What does that look like that could actually land someone there? Yeah, um, so, well, it looks as though with this new uh, legislation that's coming in, it's really up to the judge's discretion. Um, So whether someone who shares any kind of intimate image without consent. So this could be whether they're sending it to somebody, whether they're just, you know, they have an image on their phone and they're showing it. It's clear that these sort of practices, um, and there's already been legislation like BC, for example, recently introduced uh, legislation that would take intimate images that have, say, posted on online, uh, getting them taken down quickly. So it means that anyone who's doing that could actually have their names added to this registry, but it's not automatic. What What's taken so long? This seems like something that should have been d- done a really long time ago. Definitely. And I mean, we can see that this is an issue that, you know, campaigners and victims who've experienced this have really been trying to get uh, different sorts of stakeholders to take seriously for quite some time. It may be because when the BC government, it was just last month, introduced this new legislation, it attracted a lot of media attention. There seems to be a lot of support for it. You know, I'm wondering if it was things like that that actually really kind of got the government to say, hey, this is something that people are really passionate about. And this is something that, like you say, could potentially protect victims. This is, I think, a complicated question and a frustrating one, but you know, you're going to have people that say, well, don't share those images in the first place. It's not that simple. What do you say to that, Caitlin? Yeah, I mean, I think increasingly we have to recognize that people's uh, relationships and their intimacies are increasingly being done via digital technology. So the message of, you know, only an idiot would share a nude, I think that there's many of us, many listeners here, um, who, you know, this is kind of increasingly part of normal relationships and how you maintain intimacy, especially if we think during the time of the pandemic, when you couldn't see people and you couldn't have relationships. So I think it's something that people are doing. And I'm actually really happy that the focus isn't on just don't send those images it's about hey how can we make sure we have clear boundaries around what happens to those images and if someone sends an image to you don't share it on without their consent so i think those are the kinds of conversations um, that i am starting to see that we're having more as a society yeah it seems that we're just kind of wrapping our heads around the way that people actually live and rather than trying to you know bury our heads in the sand we're just acknowledging it and trying to protect people can you speak to the fact that victims are disproportionately women and girls? Yeah, definitely. I mean, so we know that they're women, we know that they're girls, we know that uh, they're racialized, we know that LGBTQ plus people are often disproportionately victims as well. And that follows a longer pattern, uh, a broader pattern of sexual and gender-based violence. It tends to be, you know, we see the same kinds of people who typically tend to be victimized. And unfortunately, it does tend to be men uh, who are also doing most of the, the perpetrating. Why, why is it? Why is it that women aren't, aren't doing the same sort of, you know, revenge tactics or sharing uh, on the opposite end of things? 
Yeah, I think that's a really great question. I mean, part of it, I think, becomes, you know, it, it, to kind of prove the fact that you're a man is, you know, kind of being able to, to show how many of these images that you have. Right. So I think part of it is kind of tied in with what does it mean to be a man and to be a masculine man and a man who's able to get lots of sex is these are often treated as, as trophies, as prizes. And so I think, you know, sometimes men, they're not necessarily trying to do it to hurt the victim, but it does hurt them when these intimate images that have been sent to them get passed around to other people. So it's not always done out of revenge. Sometimes it's done in like a very boastful way, but nevertheless, it can cause a, a lot of harm and distress for anybody whose intimate image is, is nevertheless shared without their consent. Especially, you know, if the victim is quite young and we've seen instances of victims taking their lives because they're bullied after these images are, are shared. I mean, this can have really, really damaging consequences. Huge. And I mean, we've seen uh, where they're bullied, where also they're extorted. So, you know, this is increasingly a tactic that perpetrators are deliberately targeting and grooming, especially young people. And it's not just girls in this case. It is, you know, it's happened to boys. And there have been a few tragic cases in Alberta where young men have taken their lives after they've been catfished. They've been sextorted um, because they've been kind of groomed into sending these images and then they've been blackmailed as a result. So this is a growing problem. The Statistics Canada shows that this is a problem that's hugely increasing. Children's charities, for example, have really been speaking out against this and so it's nice to see um, you know that that people who are continually doing this that their names could be added to the sex offenders uh, registry I think is a great step I think it's maybe harder to say for people who do it one off and it looks as though there is discretion with this law so Mm -hmm. if you do it once because there also isn't a lot of education you know these are kinds of things that aren't being talked about a lot in schools most people don't know what non-consensual distribution of intimate images is you know it's quite technical technical language. So I think I'm hoping that if you're a parent out there, you take this as an opportunity to talk to your kids about what they're seeing, what they're doing. And, you know, there are a lot of moves within the education system to have these sorts of topics introduced and taught. And again, not in just in a way that says only an idiot would send a nude image, but thinking again about how do we set boundaries around these kinds of practices and also talking about legal consequences. Yeah, I mean, I think that that messaging, you know, only an idiot would send a nude, it just it goes down that path of victim blaming and creates so much shame about trying to come forward when you are in a situation if something's been shared or something is, or if you're being extorted for an image that was shared. That's exactly the point is that they don't come for help because they've been told that they're idiots and they're just going to get in trouble. So we need to change that messaging to get people to come forward and talk about their experiences and to ask for help. It sounds like there are some some there's some work to be done here and some big conversations that need to be happening in schools, uh, you know, from parents to kids at a young age, I think. What are some of the next steps that you hope to see? I mean, this this move, I think, is a really good one. But where else do we need to take this? Well, I think that there needs to be a lot more around education, and I think you said it right there. Parents, we need to start having more conversations with their kids from a younger age, and it doesn't have to be with the sexy stuff. We can start having conversations about image taking and image sharing. So, hey, before you take someone's picture, 
Ask their permission if you can take it. Ask their permission if you can post it to Instagram. So that when it comes to having conversations about these intimate images, these kinds of conversations about boundaries, about respect, should hopefully already be ingrained. But definitely the education system is a great place to make sure that the message is consistently um, spread. And I think, you know, uh, as a researcher, um, we need more research on, you know, how prevalent of a problem is this? What are young people doing? Uh, Or what are they not doing? should they be going for help? And then we need some more uh, resources from government. So Nova Scotia has some really great resources for young people. They have a website called CyberScan where people can go to for help uh, when they need it. So, you know, th- this kind of criminal route is one is one route, but it's not the only route. I think that we need more just support uh, for people who are going through this. And, and not everybody wants, you know, someone who, who does this to them to be listed on the National uh, Registry for sex offenders. But some people might. So it is good to have this as an option, particularly for repeat offenders. Yeah. And, you know, even just to know in the back of your mind that this could be a penalty that you could face if you do share an image, you would hope would be enough to to try to dissuade someone from doing it. We're talking about a new legislation by the federal government to add non-consensual sharing of images and extortion to the list of offenses that could land someone on the sex offender registry list. I'm wondering, Caitlin, does this move impact any sort of past victims? Would someone would someone have a case if something was shared without their consent that and it happened prior to this um, being passed? Oh, that's a really great question. And, and I haven't read the full details of the legislation yet. Um, so that's one I can't answer yet. But I think that's an that's an excellent question. And it's probably one that many, uh, many people will be asking as well. Well, Caitlin, thank you so much for your great perspective. Uh, really appreciate the conversation. Thank you. Of course. Caitlin Mendez is Associate Professor of Sociology and Canada's Research Chair in Inequality and Gender at Western University.